if you if you gave a ball to anybody and you told them to throw it, and I heard Will Hewlett talking about this earlier, everybody's going to take a three-step drop. They're going to hitch up and throw the ball because they're not going to be balanced at the top. Not being able to throw on rhythm is very common for most people. But the timing of the curl for a quarterback to take a three-step drop and hitch up, that's perfect timing for throwing the curl. And so uh, I feel like it's very quarterback friendly. We're back for another week of The Passing Lab. It's been a great series so far with our host, Josh Herring, and he's joined by Tyler Jones, who's the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach for Walton High School in Marietta, Georgia. So, Josh, another great week here. Great to have you back. Tell us a little bit about Tyler Jones. Yeah, Tyler is one of the fastest rising offensive coordinators in Georgia. He's at a really good program. uh, A lot of people feel like he's a contender for a state championship 7A this year and it does a really good job in the passing game, has already produced some really good quarterbacks. So it was really good to talk to him. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. All right, I want to welcome everybody back to the Passing Lab. Really excited about this episode tonight. So a lot of longtime listeners know I'm from Georgia and coaching in Georgia right now. We have had guys from all over the country, and I've been taking a lot of flack from my Georgia Football Coaches Association buddies of, hey, when are we going to actually get a Georgia guy in this? And we've got a good one. So today's guest is Tyler Jones. He's the offense coordinator at Walton High School, which is an outstanding 7A program right up the road from where I live in Marietta. Very good. Went to the quarterfinals last year, have been scoring a ton of points. Coach does a great job in the passing game and in developing quarterbacks. And I'm just super excited to have him on. They also just, we, we host the Lutzy 43 passing tournament and the Walton just took home a championship in that. So I got to see some of the stuff they were doing up close and personal. So coach Jones, really glad to have you on the show. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. I'm very humbled and honored to be here. Let's jump right into it. Coach, tell us about some of your influences in the passing game. I think you have a pretty neat sort of it's your own. Maybe you're different than some other teams I've watched, and so I've enjoyed watching some of the things you guys do in the passing game, and we're going to talk about some of that, but kind of walk us through your influences on kind of where you're at in your career, who influenced you and the stuff that you're doing throwing the football. I'll tell you what, to be honest, I feel like I'm one of the greatest thieves of all time. I just kind of over the years have kind of picked and chosen, you know, just some some things from all over the place and, and tried to mold it into our system that we run now. First program I worked for, Coach Terrence Banks, actually, he was running the end zone system. So Noel Mazzoni. So that's kind of how I cut my teeth in it. I didn't really know a whole bunch of football prior to me starting coaching. Love my high school coaching staff, but I don't feel like I knew football extremely well when I was in high school. So didn't play college football. 
I was an intramural flag football superstar at the University of Georgia. So we were just kind of drawing stuff up in the sand. Once I graduated and got into coaching, I just I realized I didn't know a whole lot. So, you know, I've heard on some of the other episodes, you know, shout out to Dub Maddox. I, I definitely dove into his books uh, as one of my first resources. And that kind of just completely opened up my mind to the passing game. So Dub, at least the structure of how to create route concepts, that was a super big influence. Then I worked for a guy named Mike Collins, and that's probably where I learned the most football at Wheeler High School. And then I followed him. He asked me to go be his OC at River Ridge High School in Woodstock. I've just learned a ton of football from him. Uh, a lot of the passing game was stuff that he was doing before I, I got there. We've kind of made some tweaks, you know, to, to just try to elevate it a little bit. And then again, just stealing from here and there. I was a big Lincoln Riley guy. So watching his offense at Oklahoma, I just thought he was one of the best play callers. So I kind of dove in to study him, took some things from there. Just to be completely honest, sometimes I just scroll through Twitter and see some some really good stuff. And I just try to figure out, hey, how does that fit into what we do? How can we integrate it to things that we already have you know, terminology for and fit those things in? Not trying to just do too much, but hey, maybe that's something that we can do to make our current concept better. So it's just a big hodgepodge of all kinds of things. We do we do run some air raid concepts, maybe our own little spin on some things, but you know, again, just kind of stealing things and, and finding a way to to teach it to our guys and make us just be efficient and explosive in the past game. We're all doing that. You know, we, there's nothing to be For ashamed sure. of about looking at stuff on Twitter. We're all doing that and all trying to figure out how successful teams are doing the stuff that they're doing. Some inspiration in that for a lot of coaches on, on kind of, you know, your journey through that. You do not have to have been a, a college football coach. I know, I mean, a college football player, I certainly was not. And, and I spent some time on intramural fields as well. So uh, I, I totally empathize with you there. Let's jump into the X's and O's. And you guys, we haven't had anybody talk about this yet on the pod. I'm so I'm excited about it. You guys are have had some very successful sprint out passing concepts, and that's something you know coaches kind of go both ways with. You'll hear guys say, "I don't like to cut out half the field." And you're, you're, there's guys that swear by it, but I've seen you guys have a lot of success with it. So take us through maybe your favorite sprint out pass or, or something that you really like, and just kind of walk us through it. And and I'll we'll we'll just kind of listen and uh, see what we can get out of. It. Yeah, so w- we don't do a ton of sprint out, but it's definitely something that you know if we feel like. We're getting a ton of pressure, maybe off the backside. You know, we just got to have it in our arsenal. And so probably our favorite or at least our most efficient, we're going to sprint out and we're going to throw the outside guy on a comeback. With that, you know, most of the time we probably do it to trips. So we're going to come back. Number one, he's usually going to try to get to 14 back to 12. And then we're going to have number two run a curl because we feel like the only guy that can really affect that comeback route is, is that whole player, that nickel, who the outside linebacker. So we're going to curl behind him in case he tries to overplay and get under the comeback. And then we'll take number three and run him on a high corner so the safety is not in place. So you're really trusting your outside receiver to win that one-on-one. But we feel like if we take it to 14 and come back to 12, that we're going to get the DB to flip his hips so we can get back on that. Yeah, that's good. So quarterback wise, you're really thinking that you're probably going to throw the comeback and then you basically have two routes to protect it. Uh, Am I kind of listening to you right? So, you know, you've got a corner route that's going to be over the top of the corner and then to uh, hold that flat player, you're going to have that curl with number two. Is that kind of the thought process for the quarterback? 
Yes, sir. We used to run an arrow route, so just a little shallow flat route underneath it. But I, I had some bad experiences with that arrow route being taken away by a guy and us trying to throw the comeback and it gets tipped. And so we kind of took away that underneath route and we just turned it into a curl behind him to hold the same guy, but in a different way and not have him in the throwing window of the quarterback. Yeah, I love it. To me, I'm listening to you. And not only do you have a pressure answer where you're able, you know, if you're getting a lot of interior blitz, you're able to get the ball on the edge with the sprint out, but it's also a good red zone deal. That's a good third and long pass, you know, especially when you've got to extend the timeline because you're having pressure issues. And then uh, two minutes, you know, immediately you start talking about it and, uh, you know, you get a quarterback comfortable and on the run and, and throw that. I think one of the things about sprint out that I hear guys say that's kind of a myth is they'll say, you know, well, my kid can't really throw, so let's sprint him out. I think a lot of times <laughs> sprint outs can be m- more difficult than actually pocket passing for guys. If you can't throw in the pocket, why are you going to be able to throw, you know, when you're on the run sometimes? I think that's a myth, but you guys have done a great job of getting guys on the edge and being able to make those throws. And I think being on the edge, the throw's easier. You know, you think of high school, there's going to be guys listening will say, well, 14 to 12 comeback in high school, but, you know, on the run and tacking the target, I think that's a very makeable throw for a high school kid if he's, you know, an average to above average quarterback. We've talked about complete crossing routes here with Coach Herring before, and he has volume two of his crossing routes. Coach, what's in this volume? Yeah, volume one was more about drive and drag type concepts. Volume two really has a lot of of mesh information. So there's a lot of different versions of mesh. You know, mesh is sometimes one of those love it or hate it type plays for a lot of coaches out there, but it's been something that some years we kind of majored in, and some it was just kind of an alternate constraint type play. But there's several variations of how we try to solve problems with mesh. And there's some other patterns on there too that we think are a little more unique when it comes to drag type stuff besides meshes. So some things that involve getting a drag with a curl flat type pattern. And so I think there's some unique things for people. And then there's also uh, our version of air raid shallow, which is a little bit different than the way a lot of people read it and run it. So I think it's something that's it's pretty broad. It's got a lot of stuff that can help guys out. Definitely coaches check that one out. The link to that one is in the description. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. Here's something I'm I'm so excited to talk about. I've been waiting for this, and and I think it's we talked about greatest hits. You guys are great at running curls, and you know we had Jay Wilkinson earlier in the season on the pod talk about the number concept. You have a variety of ways you run curls. You guys are really good at it. That's a traditional high school route that. I think people have gotten away from a little bit. And I think there's fear about match coverages and about man defenders, but I think you guys do a good enough job teaching technique. You know, I heard Bobby Petrino 
they love to run curls against man. And when you're coaching one-on-one, people are like, we can't run a curl against man. And they would focus on it and focus on it, really practice it. And I think you guys are running against pretty much every coverage. But let, let's talk about curls. Let's start with you, kind of your base way of doing it. And let, let's walk through that. And then some ways maybe you protect it, because I know you guys have multiple variations of what you do. So kind of talk us through your most your base curl concept. Sure. Well, to kind of go back to what you were talking about, curl, I mean, for as as long as I've been calling it and even before that, like we've always been a big curl team because in our mind, the curl is always open, especially the way we try to teach it. If I can talk about how we teach it first, you know, obviously as a receiver coach, you know, a lot of times we're saying everything's a go until it's not. And so if you're really driving off the ball and you're sprinting to that 12 yard landmark, which is where we usually try to shut it down, you know, you should get the DB in some kind of a pedal. And so to your point against man, we're going to get that guy on the move and then we're going to try to curl it back to 10. And sometimes we'll work back even further than that if we have to. So we always want to be attacking the ball. But how we teach it is we, we talk about window one and window two. And so when we come out of that break, we're expecting the ball in window one. And, you know, that's whether the, the, the whole player hasn't gotten there or maybe he's already overshot it and, and chased the flat. But we talk about expecting the ball in window one. But if it's not there, we're going to work inside to window two, always inside, never outside. And sometimes we have to hammer that home to, the, to our guys because they feel like they have open space outside. You have to explain to them, no, that's where our flat guy is. And so we're going to work inside to window two. So if it's covered, and we're just going to keep working inside until we find open space. And then it's the quarterback's job of finding that window to throw it to the open space. So that's one reason we love curl. You know, again, we just kind of drill it in our guys' heads. The curl's always open if you'll run a good route and if the quarterback will find that open space. So, yeah, our base way of how we run curl, it's not your traditional Hank. We're going to take number one on the curl. We're actually going to take number two. He's, for all intents and purposes, he's going to run a clear out route. We call it a pogo. It's either a post or go. Very simple. We feel like for our guys to understand if it's two high safeties, we're going to run to the open space in the middle. We're going to run the post. If it's one high safety, we're going to run the go. And so he's he's basically trying to hold that safety or if the safety flies down and we, you know, we kind of have that man matchup right there as well with a shot. Rarely is it thrown, but we have hit it a few times, but he's really just trying to clear out and hold the safety. And then we can truly isolate that flat defender with the curl flat. Probably our favorite way of doing it is at a three by one. And to be honest, we'll run a curl on the backside with, with a flat route from the running back. And we try to teach the quarterback to just kind of read the numbers, safety rotation. If the safeties are rolling, spinning down to the trips, we should probably be working the backside. The backside safety staying over and they're in a true two high shell. You know, we probably have pretty good numbers to, to work the field. So that's our base way of running curl. Split wise, are you on your curls? Are you a reduced split guy where you reduce in a little bit? Or are you more of, hey, we're going to stay out and hang on the numbers? A lot of guys argue back and forth about that. Kind of where are you at on splits when it comes to your curl concepts? Yeah, we're we're definitely not going to max that split out. We'll tell them to be smart and, and cut it down a little bit. We're not going to reduce it a ton because, again, the way we're going to trail that thing back inside, we don't want to get too far into where, you know, the mic can push under that easily. So we're going to try to keep the split as wide as we can 
for different quarterbacks, it's it's going to be different. You know, we're, we're, we're lucky to have a guy that can sling it right now. So if we're on the left hash, we're going to try to put that guy on like the top of the numbers. But, you know, with some guys that I've had in the past, we probably need to cheat that in, you know, two or three yards. But one uh, another reason I love the curl and I didn't speak about this earlier. If you if you gave a ball to anybody and you told them to throw it and I heard Will Hewlett talking about this earlier. Everybody's going to take a three-step drop. They're going to hitch up and throw the ball because they're not going to be balanced at the top. Not being able to throw on rhythm is very common for most people. But the timing of the curl for a quarterback to take a three-step drop and hitch up, that's perfect timing for throwing the curl. And so I feel like it's very quarterback friendly. That is a great point. That is a great point. And I've heard Will say that before, and you're exactly right. It matches up. And I think don't even forget, I got another question to ask you about the curl route, but the, I think what's so great about horizontal concepts, now this is just my thought process, I don't have, I'm sure I need to ask Dub Maddox because I'm sure he has a scientific like journal article that gets into this with a human eye, but I'm telling you, there is something to the quarterback starting his eyes in the middle, you know, whether it was a traditional Hank concept or what you guys are doing with the pogo route, there's something really natural and easy to read in a concept when you start your eyes in the middle and then work outside. You know, so you have something that I'm over the ball and then inside out. I don't know what it is, but most quarterbacks I've ever coached really love those concepts, whether it's spacing, whether it's Hank, whether it's what you're describing and, you know, a curl concept where you're running off a quarter safety. Doing that, there's just something natural, I think, about the human eye. But anyway, maybe, maybe I'm completely wrong. There may be an eye you know, specialist on here, some neuroscientist that's like, you have no idea hearing what you're talking about, but I'm telling you. But one other question about curls. So against like, say, press, are are you guys best releasing? Or are you kind of saying, we're going to try an outside release and shove by? Are you going to try and force an inside release and shove by? So like when you're working drills with your wide receiver coaches and you're, because you run the the curl against everything, if you're getting a a pretty good press guy, kind of what's your technique that you're trying to work with the receiver? I would say it's probably a best release. You know, most of the time when you're getting the outside guy on the curl, you're probably going to get some form of inside leverage from the DB. And so, again, we're trying to make this thing look like a go. You know, we're not afraid to take some shots downfield. I'm a firm believer that you have to. If they're going to give it to you, you got you to gotta take some shots and you got to be able to hit a few. And so we're, we're going to take that outside release. We're going to try to get the DB to flip his hips. And we're going to really work on throttling down throwing that guy by and working back inside. Okay, that's that's good. That's a great coaching point. So how are you protecting it? I know I've talked to you about, you know, there's ways since you believe so much in curls. I think the thing about a curl that's that's coach friendly too is you got who's taking away the curl. You know, I mean, if, how can you, how do you protect it? Okay, the corner's taking it away. Is that a technique issue or can I tag her out to stop that? Is it, you know, we're trying to throw the curl and the inside linebacker, the mic is really pushing out and hook curl and he's really getting in the throwing lane what are some ways that you've protected that curl that base curl concept that you guys run well if i can just go back and and talk about my overall philosophy of like designing a pass game i think about attacking spots on the field and that may seem very elementary but you know if we're going to start with the curl you know we're kind of attacking that nickel you know we're going to attack him and and really the curl should come inside of him so we're we're kind of attacking him and you know i'm sure most most guys do kind of pick on that guy because i mean he he's got the most space to cover on the field and so a lot of you know past concepts at least that i'm familiar with a lot of them are going to pick on that guy and so 
we'll pick on him with the curl coming in. We'll put, you know, we'll run sail that way. So when he's thinking, oh, I'm going to drop to curl flat and expect it in, now we're going to roll out. That guy's kind of doing a good job and they start pushing the mic. Now we talk about protecting him with maybe taking number two on a dig and running some form of shallow or something like that. We kind of have those in our arsenal. So again, maybe our, our home is curl. But it's like, okay, how are they taking that away? And so where do we need to attack on the field? Do we need to attack outside? Do we need to attack over the middle? And we do try to throw some balls over the middle of the field to keep those inside backers from really just dropping wide. But that's kind of sail is a a good one, I think. And then shallow are two separate concepts that protect it pretty well. Good stuff. So you guys run. I love this concept. We've messed around with it several different years. We've had some success. We've never been, I'd say, great, but I think I was really exposed to this a long time ago. I'm getting old, Tyler, I am, but Mark <laughs> Rick, all the way back when he was at Florida State, used to run this back in the 90s, carried it with him to, to Georgia, and you, there's still a lot of high school teams that run it, but it's kind of a backwards version of Hank, and I've seen you guys run it, I just want to ask you a couple questions. So basically, one has a shallow, and now you're putting two on the curl, and you'll have somebody to the flat. So kind of talk us through that. I think that's a really good one. It's another way for the quarterback where the concept kind of stays the same and you've got guys in the same spots, but it's a different presentation to the defense and it's a different guy kind of running the curl. I really like it. And I've seen you guys have success with it. So just quickly talk me through that. Yeah. So that was, uh, I, I had seen this come up. Aaron Murray used to throw the mess out of it. It was, it was kind of, you know, like you said, a Mark Rick special. So it goes back to Florida State and Georgia ran it a ton. But yeah, we'll take number two and run them on the curl. We run one on the shallow and and most of the time we're going to run it with the with the back out of the backfield into the flat. But yeah, for some reason, you know, you get that vertical stem from number two. He's running straight out of safety. So he's either freezing or he's got a back pedal. You know, most of the time we're going to run that probably to the boundary. And so the corner is going to sit out there. The inside backer sees the shallow. And, and for some reason, it just kind of parts like the Red Sea. And you have a nice curl window. So, uh, again, that's another it's, – it's a very different looking concept than the original curl that we run. But, again, it is another way that we can get to the curl, something that our quarterback is very comfortable throwing in essentially the same read. We still have a curl flat read. Now, are you really are you pretty focused about teaching the quarterback with that shallow that that's a built in sort of hot, for lack of a better word, that you're able, you know, you get interior blitz pressure or something. He can go to that now. Or is it really something you're just holding eyes to hold that the hook player? Does that fit into the read or is it just kind of window dress? It is definitely a, a, a built in hot. We've messed around with it in the past uh, of telling that guy that he can sit between the two inside backers is kind of another zone answer in case that Mike is, is, is not taking the bait and he's just kind of passing it off and still working really hard to that curl window. So we, we've taught him once he clears the mic, he, he's allowed to settle that thing, which gives us another, another option, especially if the other inside backer is pushing to the field. Yeah, that's good. You've got a check down in one route. You've got a potential hot. You've got something that's holding backers. You've got what could be a late check down. It's just a really versatile route. That's that's really good. What are you guys doing on the backside of that? We mix it up. I know the base way that Mark Rick and company ran it. They they just ran slant flat. So we'll do that some. We may tag a, a different half field concept. We're, you know, the last, I don't know, probably over the last 
four or five years, we've we've gone to to kind of splitting up two and three man routes into into half field concepts, and that's something I kind of I think I probably first heard it from you or Dan Gonzalez talking about split field reads and and not just having one concept name and an automatic something on the backside. So we'll we'll call two different pass concepts. So we can change it up. We might run smash. We might run slant flat. Just kind of whatever we feel like might give the quarterback a better answer versus that particular look. Yeah, and it's it's about answers. You know, that's the you can have these great zone combinations and stuff changes so rapidly with defenses today. You know, you better give that guy answers versus press and zero and having man answers. And you guys have that built in there on the front side. That's that's outstanding. There's so much stuff that people can take from this already. I mean, we're going to drown them in X's and O's. This is great, Coach. I got one more thing kind of schematically to talk to you about that I know I've seen this on film from you guys. I've seen it seven on sevens. But one of the most popular things that I'm seeing crop up in, in college football is wider bunch sets. You know, a lot of people, you know, you got traditional tight bunch stuff that you're seeing a lot because people run duo and they do all these things where they've got to protect that stuff. And so you've got your old school tight bunch. But if you watch a lot of good passing football teams, they've got that bunch set around the college hash or the high school hash. You're getting pretty defined checks from a defense. And and, I, and we've had a lot of guys talk about bunch on the show. And I'm obsessed with it and have been since I read Coverdale's book <laughs> 30 years ago, nearly. But you get the better coach the team is, the more you know what they're going to do against Bunch. And that's what's great about it. And if they're poorly coached, you're going to be able to either they're going to play man and do a piss poor job and you're going to be able to carve them up or they're going to give you a, you know, a basic zone answer and you can have an easy deal. You can run what you just went over as a good little bunch pattern, but you guys do a great job on wide bunch stuff. So talk to me about like your thought process in that. If you want to go over something, I know you have a couple of really good concepts you do. We don't have time. This is a probably a whole podcast to discuss, but let's talk about that a little bit because you guys do such a good job with it. We really utilize wide bunch against teams that are predominantly man. When I think back to our bunch concepts and when I went back and looked at our end of the year analysis, just kind of our, our breakdown, really only got into bunch stuff two or three games. And those are really the, the teams that were predominantly man coverage. We didn't get a ton of it. We got it in the opener against the eventual state champions, Mill Creek and you know, Caleb Downs and company. And then we got it against Buford a bunch. We might have seen it a little against North Cobb uh, in a big region game. But when we know we're getting man coverage, we feel like bunch gives us not necessarily an advantage, but it just allows us to kind of dictate what the defense is going to doing as opposed to just getting press across the board or catch man or anything like that. So that's when we really utilize bunch. And I think if you're going to use the bunch, you, you got to have, you know, at least several bullets. So we carry several uh, bunch concepts. I'll take you through one because I've, I've gotten a bunch of questions on it. You know, we were fortunate enough to, to knock off a, a pretty good team in Buford in one of our calls, it was, it was a big, big call. And, and so I've gotten uh, people who said, well, what, what was that play? And so what we run, uh, we'll take number, number one, and he runs what we call a knife route. He's really going to outside release and kind of set the, the corner up because, you know, if you've seen teams play bunch, what are they going to do? They're going to probably press the point, man. They're going to play a corner outside. who's looking for the first thing to come out. 
and they got a guy on the inside looking for the first thing to come in. Uh, that's pretty standard bunch play. So we take number one, we outside release him to try to hold the corner, and then we're going to take number two, and we, we run what we call a shave. And so he's going to try to shave the inside shoulder of the corner. So he's going to run right through his inside shoulder and run a, run a go and hopefully carry that point man with him. And so as we're setting up that outside guy, we got number two coming on a shave and we're going to run it about five yards and we're going to break it off underneath. And so we're going to cause we're going to try to cause a bunch of traffic for that corner. And he's going to be in trail mode, probably going over the top. And then it's on the quarterback to throw it on time. Uh, and we actually take number three and we just we just run him on a slant. He's going to try to take that inside guy out of the picture. It's going to hold the inside backers if they're not blitzing. Uh, and it should create a nice open window. That's a great critical down pass. You guys that are looking for anything, you know, kind of America's bunch check, Coach just described for you. And if, if a lot of people call it traffic or they'll call it box two. And there's a point. There's a bunch of different names defensive guys have. But that's a killer for that. That's a really, really good pattern. And that's something you can run in a critical down uh, and again, I think coach just listening to you. I mean, there's answers, you know, if you got immediate interior blitz, you could probably, you could throw the slant and you've already got that set up. If you, if you don't, you're holding an inside backer with that slant and you're setting things up using the, the coverage rules against the defense. That's so good. Really, really good pass. I hope you guys are writing that one down. That's phenomenal coach. That's, that's a really good pattern that you know, I've got great notes on from you. I'm, I'm listening just like everybody else. We're, we're get, we got to wrap up. I'm taking a bunch of your time. I got a couple things left, but one of the things I want to ask you about really quick is you guys have had some depth at quarterback. You've had some pretty good players at quarterback, and I'm really interested in how you rep those guys because I've watched you guys and I've I've noticed multiple quarterbacks getting reps and guys working through. And, and I think you guys have a system for kind of developing quarterbacks that's kind of scaffolded from the the youth level all the way up. So what's your philosophy on, on repping quarterbacks and give us some, just some insight into your thought process when it comes to that. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things you've probably seen is in all these seven on sevens over the summer and, and you know, I, I got a little love hate relationship with seven on seven. I love it. Cause I do see the good and uh, you know, I hate it for uh, reasons that we don't really need to discuss. And granted we are seven, a football team, but as many seven on sevens as we can, we're trying to put two teams in. You know, I understand that a lot of teams don't feel good about sending a JV squad out there. But, you know, seven on seven is an opportunity for those guys to get reps, to develop confidence in running routes and quarterback, getting extra reps in your passing game and seeing it live against the defense. So we try to put two teams in as many seven on sevens as we can. And then with that said, going to practice, uh, you know, I'm as guilty as as most probably and in, in not doing a good, you know, as good of a job as I could in the past on getting reps. But one thing we've done is in our practice scripts, we're going to take, let's say we have a a 15 minute team period, you know, in 15 minutes, if you're coaching on the run, you're lucky to get 20 plays in and we don't we're not the fastest team in the world, so we're lucky to get 20 plays in. But what we've started doing is is taking that 20 play script and intentionally scripting things for our, our backup, our second string or our third string, because, you know, most of us aren't fortunate enough to have a backup that's going to go in and run the offense the exact same way as the starter. Uh, and so to get him prepared and honestly, it gets me prepared as a play caller for if he has to go in the game, 
How does the offense change? What is he comfortable with? So we've started scripting that intentionally. And so maybe it's, you know, the starter gets seven plays and then the, uh, the backup comes in and gets three. And then the starter goes back in and gets another four plays and the backup might get the, you know, the last six, because I'm sure we're all guilty of not getting all the way through the script and having to shut it down because practice is running long. But I, I think that's something that I've neglected in the past. And so that's one way to keep me in check and making sure that he's going to get those intentional reps and not just reps where we say, okay, twos go. We're talking about reps with the first team offense. So he's comfortable with those guys. They're comfortable with him. So that's, that's kind of how we get him prepared. I think more guys, I know it's been a journey for me throughout my career trying to figure that out. And I think everybody all the way up through the NFL it's really easy to get lost on the starter getting all the reps. And I do think it's important they get a ton of reps. And I think, you know, the more we trust that starter, the more maybe comfortable we feel getting other guys' reps. But being intentional about knowing what is going to work for, you know, your your backup guys, I think is huge. We've And we've had sure. many times – we've had guys that weren't the same quarterback. They're not clones, right? So what one's good at, the other might not be, and that needs to be something that you take into consideration you know, with your, with your plan. There's a great, you know, there's this old story about Tom Moore and Peyton Manning. I can't use the language on the family friendly pod that Tom Moore used, but, you know, they asked John Gruden, asked Tom Moore, you know, why is, why are you not giving the backup reps? And and Tom Moore basically said, you know, we're in trouble if, if Peyton gets hurt and we don't practice being in trouble. Well, Tom Morris knows more about football than I will ever know. And it's forgotten more, but it's not, that's not the situation we have in high school. And we've got to develop those guys. Our guys are going to graduate. You can't just offer them another contract. Right. So we got to develop those guys below them. So that's great. So let's wrap up. You know what time it is. It's time to, to ask you our goofy question. So hat wise during a, a game hat, what type of hat do you wear or no hat or uh, what, what do we got with the Raiders and East Cobb with, with coach Jones wearing on the sideline? So at the beginning of my career, I actually tried to to be a visor guy. I, I don't really know why. You know, being a Georgia guy, you know, Spurrier got his hate from Georgia fans for wearing a visor. And for some reason, I just thought it was a good idea to try the visor. But I, I, I rock the shaved head, not bald, but the buzz cut. And so when the buzz cut gets fluffy, it doesn't look <laughs> great in a visor. And so uh, and I, I've grown up a, a baseball guy anyway, so uh, I'm definitely a hat guy now. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah. what about drink? Are you a pregame drink? Do you have a ritual or do you have something during the game? I know as a sideline guy, you know, you don't get to be up in the box necessarily, you know, drinking whatever you want, but kind of what's your pregame drink ritual? So definitely a sideline guy. I prefer it down there. With that said, I do a terrible job of, of hydrating myself and by no means am I the most self like, you know, health conscious guy. But I, I've started taking these liquid IV packets. It's supposed to make, you know, one bottle of water feel, you know, hydrate you like three. I don't know if it's actually the case, uh, but I'll usually have one of those pregame because I, you know, I might not take another sip of water during the game, just getting kind of lost in the flow of the game. So uh, it makes me feel better about myself, I guess. All right, that's good. It's another thing for guys to try out there. We have had we have run the gamut on this pod of what guys drink it's unbelievable just <laughs> the variety liquid so. iv I, i'm actually trying to find a, a a better one because it you know i keep people tell me that this one has too much sugar and i could find a better one but i haven't taken the time to look yet 
we'll do I'll, we'll do some research. We'll try and figure this out yeah. and, and help you out. So, coach, there we go. Unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. I enjoyed it. I took a ton from it. I know guys are going to love it. Great to have a Georgia guy on. Uh, so you guys can get off my back about that. We'll have plenty more Georgia guys on in the future. Great state for ball and uh, just awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Really appreciate you. Let's talk again sometime, Coach. Uh, well, I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for reaching out, and I had a blast. Yeah, we'll see you guys next time on The Passing Lab. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective, so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www dot team m-o-f-o dot com slash demo and mention coaching coordinator podcast or use the coupon code cc10 to receive 10 percent off your first year here are winning edge takeaways for this episode with tyler jones so josh how'd you break this down for us this week yeah, there's there's a ton of good stuff, just like always, but it's kind of three things that stuck out to me. You know, Tyler talked a ton about all the different things that do with curl and curl flat concepts and kind of how to protect them and how you have a base version of curl, and then you figure out, you know, what are ways people are taking this away. And so there's just a really good thought process he outlined. But the thing when he was talking about curls that stuck out to me the most was about how he had listened to Will Hewlett say – that it's really hard to teach quarterbacks to be able to throw off rhythm, and most people, if you just hand them a football, they take three steps and then they hitch up. Well, the curl flat is a great pattern for doing that, so it's really natural for a quarterback. It just kind of fits into the rhythm of a kid's feet, and I thought that was a great point. I hadn't really thought about it that way. The second thing, I just really loved the uh, the bunch concept he went over, which is a, a traffic beater or whatever you want to call the defensive response, but he talked about having different ways to attack the different things you're going to see when you're in wide bunch sets versus man. And that concept, which was number three on a slant, the point man, number two on the bunch on kind of an outside release go, and then number one on a spray release slant. I've seen them run that. They do a great job of it, and I think that's one immediately you, you can put in the you know your bunch package. Uh, it's really simple and easy. And then the third thing that I really like, Tyler's done a great job with getting a lot of quarterbacks reps. They've had multiple pretty good quarterbacks, and we know just in today's game, you've got to keep those guys invested and have them getting reps if if you don't want to lose them. (laughs) And so he talked about having a script for, you know, your backup quarterback that you actually work in practice. And I think that's a great idea for getting that guy comfortable and kind of knowing as a coordinator, what are you going to call when that guy goes in? And then everybody on the team is also confident. They've seen him run those plays. They know what he can do. I just think it's a really smart idea uh, to kind of fit that in in a world where sometimes we're so worried about getting our one or starter reps that we kind of, you know, forget about those other guys. I think that's a really good plan to have each week. Definitely some takeaways that anybody can use. And we'll be back next week for another episode of The Passing Lab. Josh, thank you for all your work on this. Yes, I enjoy it, Keith. Be sure to go to coachingcoordinator.com for additional resources, blogs, 
and sign up for our weekly newsletter, which gives the best tips from the previous week. Follow us on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.